Well, after a game in Sydney and only part of a game in Geelong, the Gades are back for their first home game at Marble Stadium for BBL 13. The Gades Arcade is back. The family-friendly entertainment zone features retro arcade games, a silent disco with a light-up dance floor and a barber and braid station. Get your tickets for tomorrow night's game at melbournerenegades.com.au forward slash tickets. One man will be strutting himself, not on the silent disco, but out on the pitch is Kane Richardson. He joins us this morning. Hello, Kane. Morning, Jules. Great to have you on the program. Uh, interesting start to the season, to say the least. Just going back to that game in Geelong, when did you think mm, we might be in trouble here? I'm not sure we're going to get a game away here. Um, oh, to be honest, probably as soon as we saw the wicket. Um, yeah, it's not something you expect to see. So, you know, when it is, uh, you know, that wet, you kind of do question whether a game can be held. But I think the right thing was done ultimately in attempting to play. Um, but, yeah, disappointing that uh, it was deemed, you know, the way it was. But it was definitely the right call to, to have a go and, and also the right call to call it off. So, yeah, just a weird night of cricket and, and disappointing for the fans and the players. It was disappointing. But back at Marvel tomorrow night, what what sort of uh, deck are you expecting at Marvel? Uh, good question. We actually haven't, we haven't been out there. We're, we're having a run tonight. Um, to get ready for tomorrow night, so we'll we'll find out tonight. I think, um, you know, notoriously the the wicket um, can be low and slow, but I think over the past couple of years it's actually been really good for batting. So I probably always expect high scoring games and um, and pleasantly surprised if it's not that at being a bowler. So yeah, it could be anything, but hopefully it's just a good good pitch for cricket and we uh, yeah get some high scoring games and, and people can come along and, and fill out Marvel. Now, the roof got in the way a couple of times for you guys last year in that game against the Stars. A bit of a different rule this year, sort of umpire's discretion, whether the ball was going for six or not. Do you uh, do you think the ball will have any occurrences of the ball hitting the roof this year? Um, well, it's pre- I've played you know, at Marvel for a long time, and last year was kind of the you know, third time I reckon I've seen it, and to happen twice in one game was just, you know, completely unexpected and odd. So, um, look, you'd never say never. It probably will happen because guys swing so hard, um, basically from ball one now, and, you know, the, the ball travels, in, especially when the roof's shut. So it probably will happen, but I think it's a good rule change because I think those two instances last year cost us 12 where, you know, they shouldn't have. So, yeah, it's a common-sense rule change. Better, better for the game, um, but, yeah. I would never say it's not going to hit the roof. I reckon there's a pretty good chance it will. I guess with this shortened competition as well, as Will Sutherland mentioned yesterday, you, you've got to get going. You can't afford too much of a slow start. The second game, obviously, out of your control, and you sort of left your run a little bit late in the first game against the Sixers. So you just got to get going starting tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. It's even more condensed than, than ever with four less games. So every game has meaning, which is you know a really good thing for, for us to play in and people to to watch um, but you're right yeah we have to get going so yeah no better time than tomorrow night the heat are flying so it's going to be a really good opposition for us to come up against and, and see where we're at but you know there's a really good sense of confidence in our group there's so much experience um, and there's young guys in, in Sutherland and McGurk that are probably playing the best they ever have so we feel we're in a really good place but that doesn't mean a lot unless we're performing so hopefully tomorrow night we can uh, get on the get on the board and play some good cricket Obviously, Quinton de Cox, a big signing for you. He's going to play the majority of the season, which is great. Unfortunately, he came to Australia for seven seven overs of wicket-keeping. had to fly back out. He's back here again. Had you had much to do with Quinton before teaming up with him at the Renegades? 
Uh, I've only ever had to do a, a bowling into the middle of his bat, basically. Yeah, fun. I've played against him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to, uh, it'd be nice to watch him go about his work um, from the sidelines when he's batting. So I um, haven't had a lot to do with him personally, but um, yeah, I've always admired playing against him. He's just, he's basically been, you know, one of the best batters in the world since he was in under-19s, really, and he's had an amazing career. So, you know, for people to get to see, you know, Quinton up close, um, for the amount of time he's here is a real privilege for everyone. So whether you can get to the ground or not or tune in on the TV, it'll be, it'll be worthwhile watching him go about his work because, as I said, he's one of the best players in the world. You mentioned the bowling before, and you've obviously been playing in the Big Bash for a long time. How much has is the, is the batting approach changed? You said before that you know players are just swinging from ball one these days. Has, has the approach to batting and therefore the approach to bowling changed much in your time in the Big Bash? Um, I've probably noticed a bigger change in the past 12 months with how, and not just big bashing, playing in other competitions around the world, that guys just don't have any fear of getting out anymore. I think um, I think basically if the situation presents where they can try and go from ball one, guys, yeah, that, there's no fear of getting out. There's no fear of failure or repercussions. Um, I think coaching has a lot to do with that as well. Coaches are really... Um, happy for players to go out there and take the game on. So, yeah, as a bowler, I've noticed a massive change in that, that, you know, normally you get a wicket and you feel like you can, you know, close the rest of your over out pretty comfortably, but it's not the case anymore. Guys just keep coming. So it's nice to be at the back end of my career because I think the game's <laughs> just going to keep evolving and I can't wait to watch as an old guy on the couch. And, yeah, these these kids coming through, they're just incredible. So, yeah, the, the product of T20 cricket just keeps getting better. Is that why we saw last night at the IPL auction that the likes of Pat Cummins and Mitch Stark are getting paid so much compared to a Travis Head? Because good bowlers are, are so important in T20 because it's such a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's an interesting one because you're right, Travis Head, um, at the time when he when he went up and got got you know got his price, it seems seems a lot of money, but then it gets gets blown out of the water, you know, half an hour later. But I think it's always been a thing in the IPL. You put a premium on, on international quality fast bowling. It's it's probably been the way over the whole course of IPL auctions that, you know, especially Australian fast bowlers um, do get, they get good money. It's as simple as that. So um, it is a batsman's game, but if you're a, if you're a good bowler and you, you know, know what you're doing in T20, you can, you can make a good living as well. So, um, yeah, some crazy numbers put out there, but, you know, those guys have performed for a long period of time. So, when you're throwing those numbers next to them, it actually doesn't seem that far-fetched. Um, you know, they've, they've deserved it through, you know, continued performance on the international level. So it's not that mind-blowing, to be honest. Yeah, you spent some time in the IPL and you were in India recently with the Australian T20 squad. How, how was that tour for you? I guess it was, a, it was a bit of a different tour, wasn't it? So many changes and some players there that have been through a big World Cup. How did you find the experience? Uh, yeah, it was, it was probably a first for me to be on a tour in terms of, you know, at the end of a World Cup where the guys were on such a high um, coming out of that final and you just knew the adrenaline dump was going to come at some point. Um, and to those, to the credit to those guys, they, they stuck it out. It was bloody tough for them to, you know, front up after that. And it sounds silly because it's just a game of cricket, but emotionally to, mm. to front up so quickly after the, the World Cup was interesting. So it was a, definitely a different tour to experience, you know, young guys coming in. Like every day it felt like there was three new guys coming from Australia joining the team and two or three leaving. So it was definitely different. Um, but yeah, everyone just cracked on with it and, and we put a good team out there and, and tried our best. It was really good cricket, a really good standard. But yeah, it was just a, a different Australian tour to what you know I've probably ever been a part of. 
T20 World Cup on the agenda next year. Speaking to Kane Richardson from the Melbourne Renegades, is that uh, is that a goal for you? Is that something that's in the forefront of your mind? Uh, not to be honest, not really. Um, ever since kind of last year's World Cup, I've kind of um, you know I'm getting older, so putting that to the side and just trying to enjoy playing. Basically, I love playing big bash and. I had some time over in England during the winter to, to play in a few leagues over there and enjoyed that. So, to be honest, it's more about just trying to um, basically enjoy whatever I'm doing for however long I have left, whether it be, you know, a year, two years or five years. So, yeah, whether or not I play for Australia again is not really something I think about. So, um, just try and, try and play good cricket and hopefully... Uh, yeah, as I said, keep enjoying it because that really is the main thing. If I'm not enjoying it, then I won't keep playing. You keep saying you're getting older. You're 32, Kane. You're a pup. I feel very old, Jules. So <laughs> maybe 32 is not old anymore, but it definitely feels it. What about some of the, the young talent going around? Obviously, that's you know it's been a big thing with the BBL over the years that uh, we just see this young talent emerge. I guess you've got one in your team, as you mentioned before, his name, Jake Fraser-McGurk. Uh, how excited about are you about his potential. We even saw him in a Shield match against Victoria not long ago, belt a century in very quick time. Yeah. Well, I think, to be honest, what people are seeing now, we've kind of seen for what feels like four or five years now. At, um, you know, I remember when he debuted for Victoria, I was actually playing against him in that one-day game. and I think he got a quick 550, and I don't even know if he was 18 yet. So, you know, it feels like he's been around for a lot longer than what he has because he was so young when he started but I think he's just starting to piece it all together and you know it is tough when you're young you if you start well teams put a little bit more time into you and if you don't evolve a little bit then all of a sudden you get worked out but I think for him he's just it's clicked upstairs um he's always had the ability as as he's shown but I think now it's starting to get game smarts and game sense about it um and there's a bit more method to his to his game so yeah I think he's just going to keep getting better and the talent that he has, he's probably up there with anyone in Australian cricket. So it's pretty nice to have him as a renegade and hopefully we can lock him down well into the future. As you mentioned, the Heat are in good form. You know, Colin Munro at the top of the order. Mitch Swepson's uh, in fine form with the ball. It's going to be, a, it's an interesting night for the spinners, isn't it? you got Adam Zampa back and obviously Swepson's one of the best in the business as well. Yeah, and then obviously Majib and Matt Kuhneman's, you know, played for Australia and done really well as well. So there'll be quite a bit of spin. So we'll get through our overs nice and quick, which is always good. But I think the the beauty of the Heat, they've got so many options with the ball. Um, Spencer Johnson hasn't even bowled his four overs yet in both their games that they've played. So they've got so many options, so many all-rounders. Michael Nessa, Paul Walter. So they're a really well-balanced team. They're a bit like the Sydney Sixers, I think. So... Yeah, they're going to be a tough competition, as I said earlier. So um, for us to, to get over the line and play good cricket against them, um, we'll take a heap out of it. So hopefully we can do that. Probably don't get time for a beer after the game these days. But if you do, surely it's Spencer Johnson's shout. Yeah, I've, uh, I sent him a message this morning. <laughs> I, uh, I've had a lot to do with him as well. And I've bought him a few things over the years. So I'll definitely be um, keeping the receipts and getting him to reimburse me, I think. So... Um, but no, nah, look, it's always great to see young. Well, he's not young, I guess. We all think he's young because he's only just burst on the scene. But a lot of hard work behind the scenes to get him to this point. So um, he's, his head's probably spinning today. So hopefully he comes out there tomorrow night and bowls junk and we can crack him. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think his mind will be on other things. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he doesn't show up. What's his ceiling? As you mentioned there, he feels like a younger person than he is. He's 28. It feels like it's been quite a, a meteoric rise. But how far can he go? Um, well, as I said, I've, 
I've kind of seen him since he got out of under-19s, I reckon. I remember giving him spikes um, that were his size because he didn't have any back in the 19s. So, as I said, I'll definitely be getting a few pairs back now. But oh, I think, again, like talking about Fraser McGurk, it's almost that natural talent that's always been there. But in Spencer's case, his body's just finally clicked. Um, he's always had the ability to bowl fast and swing the ball. And being a left armour, that's always unique. So, yeah, I think for him, it's just being able to be on the park and it's, you just that's what you want to see at the end of your career you want to know if you were good enough and he's fortunately got given the opportunity now from his body that he can he can find out how good he really is so uh who knows i think the pleasing thing for him is it's all formats it's not just t20 you know it can be one day it can be red bull whether it be test cricket as well so he's got a massive future sounds like he's been well mentored to me i hope you're taking some credit well, no, because I think everyone seems to do that in these situations where someone gets picked a lot of money. They're, they're pretty quick to take the credit. So hopefully I've uh, hopefully I help keep his, his feet on the ground. That might be something I'll try and do tomorrow night to see where he's at and make sure his feet are on the ground. Because as I said, it is a crazy time and it's a lot of money for anyone. So, um, yeah, his head will be spinning for sure. Absolutely. Hey, Kane, always uh, great to catch up. Uh, good luck tomorrow night. And uh, we don't speak beforehand. Have a great Christmas and great New Year. Same to you, Jules. Thanks a lot, mate.